Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everybody? Rad Dad Brett here. I hope everybody out there is doing okay. And most importantly, staying healthy. Over here at Rad Dads HQ, we're working hard to bring you some new interviews to help break things up for you. And today, hot on the heels of their first record in 15 years, Christian's sitting down with Jason Navarro, lead singer and founding member of Scott Pioneers, The Suicide Machines. And let me say the new album, Revolution Spring, is a real return to form. It really is an incredible album. So if you haven't heard it yet, go pick it up. Actually, wait, listen to the interview, then go pick it up. Jason and Christian talk about parenthood forcing you to break old habits and come out of your shell and how to manage being in a band when you have six kids at home. This is a great interview. So wash your hands for 20 seconds physically distance yourself, and kick back and enjoy. Jason Navarro on The Rad Dads Show. All right. Okay, man. So welcome to The Rad Dads Show. Well, thank, thank, thank you for being interested before we start. Thank you. I appreciate it. Who are you? Uh, I'm Jay Navarro. Uh, I sing for The Suicide Machines. I play guitar and sing for Jane of our on the traders uh, and a lot of other bands over the years. Anyways. And most importantly, you're a dad. I am. I have uh, six kids, six kids. Mm-hmm. I, yep. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yep. Names, names, four daughters. Four. Oh God. Let's see. So there's Des. Uh, he is 10. Uh, Cash. He's 12. Uh, Eleanor is, Thirteen. Um, the next would be Amelia. She is fifteen. The next would be Vivian. She is seventeen, and then Adeline is twenty. Did right. I forget any? That's right. I got all six. That's rad. That's rad. Do you consider yourself a rad dad? Ah, uh, you know, I mean, I have my ups and downs. You know, it's not. I try. I try. That's for sure. You know, I try my hardest, but. You know, I had a pretty awful upbringing as far as parents, so I definitely have done a ton better than them. That's for sure. They showed me what not to do. You know, and this were all the decisions as as a dad kind of made in the fact that you wanted to be opposite of what they were. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I came from a pretty broken, messed up family, so one hundred ten percent, man. Half the reason I quit touring was to be home with my kids and take care of my kids. You know. So I took a job instead of staying in the punk band. I mean, I'm still in the band. I just, you know, I I was sick of being home, away from home, you know. And is is that is that kind of why? Because it's been quite a number of years since your last record, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and kind of that, a really long time. Two thousand three, maybe. I think was the last record. Is it is it uh, the fact that now your kids are older that you kind of revisited the band, or is it? No, I think. Right you know, I, I took a a, a job, uh, a solid job here. You know what I mean, and and I think more so that I kind of started figuring out how to be a dad a little bit uh, is part of the reason why, but I also took a steady job and I had to get enough seniority at that job to be able to make it work to where I can go out and play once in a while. 
you know, maybe a week here, week, two weeks there tour, just enough to get some, you know, get some energy out and out there to the world and out energy out of my body and have some fun and, you know, I don't know. I guess we're sort of a serious band when it comes to what we sing about. So, just, yeah, I mean, I'm always going to play music, but I'm not going to ever go back to touring full time ever again, you know? Right. What are some of the decision I made because of my kids, you know, for sure. What are some of the most rewarding aspects of being a dad? Of being in a band? Dad. Um, a dad. Oh, a dad, a dad. Um, what 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 are what isn't there to like what aren't the good aspects of being a dad you know they they teach you if anything i think the kids teach you how to be a better person you know for sure um i you know what i mean like i can't even explain it any other way i i think i've become a much better human being just because of them you know yeah, it's, like, it's a funny it's a funny thing because you feel like you're going to teach them but that's not at all what happens i don't think at least not in my case you know what i mean that's that's generally with my experience i have one son he's eight and uh, the lessons he teaches me or yeah it doesn't it doesn't end man it doesn't (laughs) stop either trust me even my 20 year old is still teaching me you know it's it's crazy it's uh it's amazing how much they can influence you you know that's one of the, the the very surprising like aspects of being a dad like it's just how much they can influence you or teach you it's it's pretty mind-blowing so like in some ways what are some of the ways that being a dad has changed you um i am definitely i'm a pretty cold and isolated person uh it has definitely taught me to step away from that you know and actually be someone who talks i don't i don't talk to people and it was definitely them that taught me how to actually talk, you know, oh, what I mean? wow. which is yeah. a skill I had never had, you know, and, and that's a huge, it's a huge one for me because I was very much like, I don't know how to be personal and talk to people, you know what I mean? And really talk about, you know, things that aren't under the surface, you know? Right. So is that, so it's just through those conversations with them that you kind of, they kind of pulled it out of you? Is that? Yeah, yeah, they've definitely retrained me to be the opposite of what I was, you know. Uh, so was that very, hard very, what's up? Was that hard for yeah. you, or was it easier for the fact that they? That was, that was very hard for me. You know what I mean? I'm a very, I'm a very introverted person when it comes to um, anything, you know, real. You know, and they've, they've definitely brought it out of me and like I almost said, like almost retrained me to be completely, you know, the opposite. So I'm not the type of person that always tell you, I love you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's just not how I was. I I don't know if I'm not going to sit here and blame my parents that, you know, I made myself who I am as well, you know? Yeah. Did it, were they like, do you write most of the the lyrics for most of the songs or is it a a group? Um, It was always, well, it's, it's always been different with every record. Sometimes, I, I wrote a lot of the lyrics, and so did Dan, an old guitar player. Yeah. Um, he wrote he wrote a ton. I wrote a ton. Um, our bass player sometimes would write a couple songs uh, over the like the oldest bass player, I guess you'd say, yeah. not the one we've had for the past you know sixteen years, but like before him, he wrote a couple songs. Um, 
drummer wrote uh, kind of a couple songs too. The old old drummer Derek from Alkaline Trio. Um, and then this new record, I wrote every every single song except for one because no one really has written lyrics before. That's in this crew that has been the same crew for the past. I don't know how they haven't written any <laughs> lyrics considering like, you know, our guitar player has been with us, I think 12 years now. And then all those other guys joined in like 98 and then 2000, I think, or 99. I don't even know, like, you know, bass player and drummer Ryan and Rich joined a million years ago. I don't know how they never got around to writing any lyrics, but uh, yeah, a lot of the lyrics on the new album fell on me except for one song. So. Was there like if you were to compare yourself, like you know pre pre kids and and post, like did you, is there a noticeable difference in in your lyrics and how you approach a song? Yeah, I definitely approach songs differently. Um, the the one thing I was looking for on this album was the tie-in and how I could deal with anything that was political, but I didn't want it to be political. I wanted it to be personal to people, to where they can put themselves in the place and just think about things in a more um, common sense way and not like this blaming way, I guess you could say. Right. And, and a lot of the lyrics are a little bit more about some of the songs are about m myself too, kind of how I've gotten to where I am now at, you know, 47 years old, kind of I've become who I am, which, you know, obviously my kids are big, part of me becoming that I'd say that this lyrically this album is probably more personal than anything I've ever written and it probably has a lot to do with my kids breaking me out of that shell you know right right cool did you have any fears of becoming a dad did I have any fears no no I really didn't I didn't have any fear at all um I'm not really sure why that is you know what I mean it's not like it came natural to me or anything it just I, I wasn't really af afraid of it, you know. I don't. I don't know why that is. I, I really don't have an answer for why, but I definitely never felt afraid. I don't know why. It's good. That's a good question. I, I don't. Have, you know what I mean? It's, no, that's good. A lot of people. A lot of, a lot of people. A lot of people are afraid. You know. I don't know. Is that is that just in your nature? Are you you want to get? This I think so. Like, well, problem? I think so because like I lost my job as of tonight's my last night but I don't feel afraid of anything. You know, I've been out there feeding the homeless with everyone being sick too. And it's like, I just, maybe I'm stupid, <laughs> and, but I'm just not afraid. I guess I've never been, I, I, it's I'm just not, a, it's not in my nature to get afraid. I don't think I, I, I'm not trying to sound like I'm tough. I just don't, get <laughs> right, yeah. I can't, I can't really explain it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't get afraid. Yeah. Oh, it's just not something I do. What are some of the traits you think make one a rad dad? So, you know, oh, man. Well, here's another gigantic one, and this is probably why I can actually talk to people now. Uh, a big gigantic part is paying attention and listening. It's the hugest part of being a human being that I was missing out on. You know what I mean? Like coming up with my parents, that's like I wasn't going to listen to an alcoholic and a junkie, you know, that were living on welfare. I wasn't going to listen to them. So to me, it just... Me at a young age, it was like, why would I listen to an adult who's a complete fuck up? You know what I mean? Like, so I tuned out paying attention to what people would be, you know, trying to tell me or talk to me about, which was probably a big part of like not talking to people on a personal level, you know. But 
you know, listening to your kids is a trait that has been taught to me, like really hearing the person, you know, something that I think is a, a good trait to have and that becomes, hopefully becomes, you know, second nature to you after becoming a dad, you know? Like, did is that something that evolved over? So yeah, you mentioned you had six, you have six kids, like, uh, so what was it like the first, having your first kid it, compared to? It evolved. Yeah, it evolved. Yeah. My 20 year old was the first one that kind of broke me out of the shell because, you know, she would talk to me and it was like, she wasn't going to walk away with, out being content, <laughs> you know, on, yeah. on whatever, on whatever it was about, even if it was about something, you know, um, that seemed, you know, unimportant to me, but it was very important to her and it could be something I viewed as silly. She, you know, she wasn't going to like, let me just kind of walk away from it. You know what I mean? Like, so it was definitely something that kind of came with time. Like once she started getting older, it was like, now that I mean, she's a big part of the reason I had stopped touring, you know, once she got old enough to be really upset that I was getting, you know, in the van or on the tour bus and leaving and, you know, voicing her opinion about me having to leave. It was just like, yeah, I can't do this anymore, you know? Crushing a bit. <laughs> is, yeah, is it, man. Is that something, so, you know, obviously we're, we're dealing with this pandemic type issue and, you know, all touring and that sort of thing is put on hold, but is it, you know, before this kind of all happened, like, is that something you, you took into account, the fact of being away from your kids? Like, did you just kind of do, set up tours at like two weeks at a time or, or were you all cognizant yeah. of that or is it? Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, a lot to it. Like, so yeah, I mean, I, I would barely tour, barely, maybe a week or two out of the year. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's it. And then like, perfect example is like, like I said, I've been feeding the homeless forever. You know what I mean? And this is the first week I never did because my kids confronted me and I'm like, dad, we're afraid you're going to bring it home and make us sick. They don't, I don't care if you're kind of isolating yourself and staying away from us we are afraid you're going to get us sick or you're going to get our mom sick or you're going to get sick so I actually listened to them this week and stopped doing it for a few weeks you know what I mean so they, they definitely voiced their opinions to me about stuff you know and, and I listen you know the last thing I'd ever want them to feel is that I put them in harm's way you know Yes, yeah, that's kind of like one of our, I guess, uh, you know, well, I'll speak for myself being a dad, but, you know, you want to kind of protect your kids for sure. It's one of the one of the inherent traits that I would say make one a rad dad. Um, yeah, so, yep, they put, they, they put their foot, they put their foot up my butt, yeah. <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> you know, and, and I wasn't, I totally, I get it, you know, like, I get it. I don't want you guys to feel afraid. That's cool. No big deal. There are plenty of other people in my, my collective that can cover for me that, are younger and know how to get, get everything done and they can come get all the, cause I kind of, I'm kind of like the hauler guy that carries everything that we need to feed the homeless. And then like, I kind of do a lot of like food sourcing and stuff, but you know, there's another, there's a whole bunch of other people in their collective that are young enough to take over and kind of take it up, you know, get it done for the next couple of weeks. So, you know, I definitely fall, I can, you know, put the weight on their shoulders and, and they get it, you know, I, explain to them why and they get it too you know are, are you so it seems like you're a bit of an activist i guess for lack of better uh, or better uh, word no i don't want to use that word because no i don't know just like helping either. people is is yep 100 um, is, is, so has that kind of rubbed off on your kids 
Mm. Yeah, they're very, very sweet and caring kids, man. I, I, they've, I've seen them do things for other people. I guarantee you at some point, my, my eldest daughter is definitely an, an activist. She made me go to the, made me go to like the Bernie rally with her and stuff like that. So she's definitely interested. You know, I think eventually she will be doing something. I don't know what, but she's, I don't know if it rubbed, if I rubbed off on her, if she rubbed off on me, you know, I'm not really sure mm. what. But she's a pretty amazing, caring kid. Like I said, you know, she was the first reason why I stopped touring, you know. So she's an incredibly smart human. It's cool. Is that that was going to be my follow-up question. You kind of answered you know, the fact, is that something that you model or is it something that you kind of have a, a direct conversation with? Like what's kind of like that, the dinner table conversation in your house? Is it, ah. is it you know? No, no, we, we stay away from the light stuff. It's kind of like, how your day went if we're, if anyone's actually talking at the dinner table which a lot of times you know it's always um the women in our family they're always talking at the dinner table maybe not so much me and my sons were pretty quiet people but i would say it was more like the conversations of the day or just kind of like how your day is going or what's going on in your in your world for the day it's not really sometimes it's political but it's, pr- it's pretty rare yeah. you know i i think that they'll voice their anger about something that's going on in the world at the dinner table. You know what and I mean? But how do you navigate that? Um, well, I just you going back to just the, the, the listening kind of piece. Uh, yeah, no, I listen to their opinion on it. And if, and if I actually have a different outlook on it, that's different from theirs, you know, I might chime in or just, I might, you know, tell them the devil's advocate if there, if I think there is one, or I might just, say I completely agree with you you know what I mean like it just depends on what it is that they're you know talking about did you have any kind of fatherly role models as you were kind of navigating no, no man I really did I mean maybe there was a couple of punk rock guys in Detroit that took care of me because I kind of I had a pretty a pretty awful upbringing so it's kind of like I just did whatever I want at a very young age so, I mean, I was playing in bars at like 13 years old, playing in bands, you know, and punk bands and stuff. And there's a few older guys that were kind of like, hey, you need to, to you know, to rope it in a little bit, you know, and chill out. Like, you know, there's a couple older guys that kind of kind of looked over me that, that I respected in the punk rock scene that were kind of watched out for me, you know, because back in the end of the 80s, it was still an insanely dangerous city and even seen at the time, you know, it was definitely criminals and murderers and junkies and and stuff like that. When it came to Detroit, it's pretty violent, you know, 87, 88, 89, uh, even into 1991, it was still pretty rough here. So I had definitely some fatherly figures like my friend Steve, uh, singer of the band, the Feisty Cadavers, my friend Dougie Fresh. It's like a, kind of like an old hardcore there used to be a gang here called CTYC and he was kind of like one of the main guys in this kind of like gang here. And he kind of always watched over me too. Like, like a, like a big brother more, maybe more than a father figure, but you know, Steve was definitely like a father figure, I guess you could say. Um, but I, I dude, I was, I had, uh, I, I was pretty loose cannon as a kid. So, so like, I'm just so like intrigued. Cause it's like, how, how do you become this? Like, well, it seems to me, you know, talking to you, you really care about your kids. Like, how do you go from that broken home to 
you know, to providing for for six children and kind of being there for them? Like what? Well, is it someone that did, or is it just you? Is is this an inherent thing that you're like, you know what? I'm going to be better than. Yeah, it was definitely I'm going to be better than what my parents were. You know, my uh, like I said, man, I about as broken as a home as you can come from. So I definitely thought I'm going to be, you know, completely the opposite direction of them as as much as I mentally and emotionally can be. Because like I said, I'm not going to blame my parents by any means why I am who I am. Are they a factor? Yeah, sure. But like, I definitely know that there is a problem. So I was going to do the opposite of what the problem had become inside of me, you know, knowing when I was going to have kids. Uh, I would definitely say that um, Sandra, you know, all my kids, their their mom was like a huge part. Like she was a lot like you can definitely see a lot of my daughter Adeline in in her. Like she's very much like she's not going to leave you alone. She's going to make you talk to her. You know what I mean? She's going to make you you know, get in touch with your emotional side and, you know, get out how you really feel about things. So that's definitely like, she was definitely a part of, you know, cracking my heart open, so to speak, you know. It sounds like a, it sounds like a great lady. Um, yeah, shifting, she's, a, shifting, she's a great human being. Yeah. <laughs> shifting gears a bit. So new record in, on, on fat. Um, excited, pumped. You know what, man, in, in this chaos right now, I just hope it makes people happy for you know, maybe 30 minutes of the day and keeps their mind off of what is happening at the moment. You know, that's all I can hope for with this thing. Yeah, I hope so too. It's uh, it's a great record. I listened to it a few times and gotta mm-hmm. gotta say, uh, big big hiatus. I, that's I was kind of curious as to what was that. Just uh, I kind of you kind of talked about it a little bit, but it was just more just being busy and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and it was kind of like. A couple of years ago, we had written like four songs. Um, it's probably about three years ago now. And we were like, wow, three of these four songs are really good. Like, they held, they hold up to like everything we've ever done that was any good. And then we kind of didn't do anything for a year, you know, because, I don't know, lazy or just no one is inspired. <laughs> and then, and then uh, it just flooded like, I'd be like, hey, I got a whole song done. Like, do you check this out? And like my guitar player, dude, I wrote like three all music. Like, here's all the music to it. Like, and my drummer is like, dude, I wrote all this music to this thing. And like, and just bass player too, you know, everything just started steamrolling. And then like within that year, it was like, wow, we've got like a lot of freaking songs. Fuck, like. Let's do an album. These are pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I think people were hesitant until we sent them the songs, and they're like, "Oh shit, you guys actually wrote a decent record." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay. Like we, yeah, we had sent I sent songs to um, Tim Armstrong, and he was like, "Oh, these are really good." And um, and I sent them to Fat, and and Aaron and Mike were like, "Wow, these are really good." And something about something felt more personal and that I just everything was better with that so we just that's kind of where we went you know so nice that's cool
man, yeah, the, the yeah, honesty of the honesty of Mike is pretty amazing sometimes. You know, what I mean, he can be brutally honest, and it's like I think that's what turned us all on to it. You know, so yes, some people can't can't take brutal honesty, but others, you know, see it as yeah, yeah. Detroit, Detroiters, fortunately, <laughs> that is one of our horrible traits is that we are brutally honest people, and it's a lot of people think people from Michigan are like assholes, but it it's I I think there's just a, a fucked up sarcasm and, and honesty that is not very nice here yeah. that people aren't used to. I mean we're very nice people, it's just the way we talk isn't I don't know, people in Detroit don't tend to bullshit, they just spit it out there. You know what right. I mean? Like, I mean I know that I I'm not gonna make a comparison but like you know, like, God, God, I do not want to reference this person at all. But, like, you know, you talk about someone like Eminem who wants to kill his ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, a brutal screw-up honesty to the people in Michigan, especially Detroit. So I think a lot of people don't understand that. Do you have a favorite dad joke? Do I have a favorite dad joke? Mm. No, but I got a good Grateful Dead joke. There we go. Do it. Uh, how can you tell a deadhead has been on your couch? I don't know. They're still there. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you can classify that as a dad joke. Last question. Yeah, sorry. I just sorry. I just heard that one a couple of days so ago. Oh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I once I hear jokes, I forget them. Uh, uh, I'd like to throw that one in just to end on a lighthearted note. Last question, Jay. Any fatherly words of uh, wisdom or advice to any rat dads out there listening? Oh man. If you think you don't have the time for your kids at the moment when they're trying to talk to you or do something with you, you do have the time. Just do it. Just do it. Okay. We really appreciate your time. Um, all the best uh, in this crazy madness. <laughs> That's how I know, man. You, yeah. you, 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 you could stay safe, man. Thank you for, uh, thank you for being interested. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, uh, good luck, uh, all the record. Good luck uh, and, and in the future, and uh, I'll let you know when uh, this goes up. Yeah, man. I remember in the town.